been 104 years since I've I seen know. you. Well, at least a month. I, it has been a month. And it's been an unexpected month. We kind of let everybody know that you were going to be gone for a couple of weeks because you're like, after the election, I'll be going to Seattle. Right. Where it shall rain and have pot smoke, apparently. <laughs> And get married. And, and get married. You right. could get married. Did you get married? I did not get married. Oh. It didn't go into effect until, what, yesterday? So oh, uh, yeah. Well, I was there several weeks ago. Well, that's but cool. Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't done a show for about a month, but I um, obviously survived the election. You did? And, well, survived as a loser. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, but let's... so <laughs> Let's start there. Do you want to start there? Sure. Okay, so we'll dive in. So the election happened, and the election was exhausting. Absolutely. Um, well, your campaign was exhausting, too, but election night was just insane. Right. Absolutely insane. <laughs> and um, there were some really good things that happened on election night, and then mm-hmm. there were a couple of really crappy things that happened on election night. Yes. Specifically, your race mm-hmm. <sighs> did yeah. not end out the way we wanted. No, and it was definitely an interesting process to be experiencing... Um, all of the kind of joy and let down at the same time. So, you know, what was it around maybe nine o'clock, nine thirty or so, we found out that President Obama was reelected. And I remember feeling a lot of relief and excitement and at the same time wanting to like go back to my computer and, you know, incessantly check my own results. So of course, um, being joyful about that, but also starting to feel um, concerned and frustrated about my own race. So the Lewis and Clark County people posted basic results, you know, right after eight. And then it was a good three hours or so before they posted any new numbers. Mm -hmm. And straight out the gate, as soon as they posted some numbers, I think I was down by maybe 300 or so, but you don't know if that's just absentee or, you know, some portion of the um, vote and so you're hopeful, and I think it was maybe around 11 o'clock or so before they posted more results, and then I was still down by 200 or more. And so finally, maybe around 12.30, I decided to go to bed, not knowing what the full results would be, but I felt like we were down enough that it wasn't so close that I was going to keep myself awake, and I was pretty tired by then. So I woke up the next morning, maybe around 7 o'clock, and immediately went online, and at that point... Um, more results had posted and I was down by like 400 or something by then. So I had basically come to terms with the fact that I was going to lose. And, um, later that day or the next day they posted final results. And I think I lost by maybe 500 votes. Um, roughly, I know the number off the top of my head, just not right now. (laughs) Um, and you know, for me that was, um, it was frustrating because, to outside perception, a lot of the contacts I have across the state and across the nation were all like, well, that's really close. It was like, you know, 2,700 to 2,200 or something. And, um, it's not actually that close. A Montana race usually comes down to a lot smaller margin. So, um, obviously I felt like I ran a good campaign, um, and 500 votes, really most of those votes were, um, people in the Valley part of my district. And so, when you look at the analysis, I did well in town um, and not so well in the Valley. And so, I just think that it's a very different demographic um, from in is. town to Valley. So, and have you looked at how your district plays out with redistricting since that comes into effect before the next election? I have a bit. I, first of all, it's a completely different district number and that kind of stuff. But they've changed the district boundaries in the redistricting um, proposal and... It's basically the same, although it's more valley, um, you know, 
if I decide to run again, I would probably run in a different district that might have a different demographic breakdown. Um, what's been interesting about House District 80 over the years is that, you know, eight years ago or so, it was considered a progressive district. So when it first became House District 80 and Mary Caffaro ran in the district for three terms, um, it was had a pretty high DPQ. It's the basically like what percentage votes Democratic. It was mm-hmm. about 58 um, which is, you know, pretty good. And I think over time they're going to have to reanalyze that district. Um, Liz won significantly last time against Don Judge and then also, you know, beat me by 500 votes. And most all of those votes came from the Valley. So um, over time the district has become more conservative or I guess less liberal Um and, you know, I mean, I was a candidate running with a very progressive platform as a woman, pro-choice, gay, you know, so yeah, um, could we there was a lot of, exactly. a lot of tags. There was a lot of things there that definitely distinguished us as candidates and um, not to mention that the Valley is a hard district to get to in the sense of knocking as many doors as you need to. And so name recognition um, really helps. I also think that that those portions of the district overwhelmingly voted for a Republican president. And so, you know, president Obama being on the ticket didn't help me. Um, Uh. so, you know, whatever, um, long story short, I lost, lost by more votes than I would have liked. And, um, within 24 hours, I was able to kind of say, well, I feel good about what I did and, you know, you win some, you lose some. So, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I'm really glad to not be a candidate anymore. Mm, I'm really glad that you're not involved with the with being a legislator because I've already seen what's going on, and all I can think is uh, I'd have to outfit you with like a battle axe I know. and and uh, a lightsaber, and they yeah. don't have a lightsaber. Well, it didn't end up as bad as I thought it would because I was imagining myself getting elected and having to serve with Republican majorities, which did happen. But there was a possibility I would have to serve under a Republican governor, and that was going to be really scary. I think, although Democrats still have the minority in both houses, um, the fact that we elected a Democratic governor will provide some cover so that you can you know, still try to do some good work and try to play defense against some of the crazy stuff. And at the very least, you have that stopgap in the governor's office. Now, we don't know yet what Steve Bullock will do on all issues, but, um, certainly you can feel a little bit more safety, um, with the democratic governor who will hopefully balance out some of that. But I really, I mean, you know, after I got over the loss, um, I'm perfectly happy to be engaging in the legislative process as I have been for the last 10 years as a lobbyist, you know, um, being a legislator would have been a lot of work and not that I wasn't up for the job, but I'll be fine either way. So good. Yeah. How was Seattle? It was awesome. So, you know, I took a few days after the election to just recover. A few days. Yeah. 21. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, no, I mean, literally the few days after the election, I basically just rested. You bugged out. There was like a... Yeah, exactly. And then... um, And Jen went with you, right? Yeah, part of it. So I went to Seattle for work, but decided to extend my trip for fun. And my girlfriend met me about halfway through the week. And we spent at least six days in Seattle, just having a super good time. 
Um, I love Seattle. I used to live there, so it's like a second home. And although it rained the entire time we were there. It's Seattle. I know, but there's periods of time where it doesn't rain that much. Yeah, but they're not in Seattle. (laughs) Okay. Well, all I'm saying is that when I was there, the reporters were saying that it was record rain for Mm. those particular See, God was crying for you. I'm sorry you lost. So, you know, every day you'd come back to your hotel room and your pants were soaking wet all the way up to the knee. Um, but we like went Were shopping. You and, yeah, exactly. No, you're just walking around and getting soaking wet. So we ate all the good food. Um, oh, nice. We did all the shopping. We drove up to Bellingham one day. We just had a really good time. So that was a nice break. It was absolutely necessary. Anybody that goes through an election and doesn't take a vacation right after is crazy because you really have to create some space for yourself to just like do something completely unrelated to politics. So um, I did that, and then I came back and had a wonderful holiday weekend over the Thanksgiving holiday. But the problem was that um, I spent my holiday with some friends. We call it Friendsgiving. Hmm. Um, Or as you know, they actually, that's what they did for Thanksgiving. Right, exactly. So that's what we do, and um, we all bring food and have a great meal. But the two hosts were really, really sick up until Thanksgiving and beyond, and I think I contracted. They should not have been the <laughs> hosts. And I love that you use hosts and you meant like, oh, the people hosting a party. And I heard it not as germ hosts. the hosts that had the germs, the, right. the, the patient X. <laughs> so patient X's, um, I do think I either picked it up from them or other people because I know plenty of people have been sick. But I have been sick with the you know plague level cold for since Tuesday after Thanksgiving. I so love how we're all a good week and a half. We I'm not sick. kidding. I am not I've kidding. I've had the plague. Really? Are you dead? We'll have somebody come dead, by with the cart. Bring there, out your dead. It was the kind of cold where you actually cry. I mean, because day two, I was in so much pain and so tired and just whatever that I was actually crying. I was like an emotional wreck for several days. And then this week, I'm still sick, but I had to be up in front of a room for three days because we had our annual membership meeting. So mm. the fact that I has, I still have a voice for this podcast is a miracle. And it'll probably crack as we go, and it sounds a little husky, but <laughs> oh well. So that's been my life post-election, but I think the best part is that like I already have a full-time job. I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. And on top of all of that, I was running for office. And so I literally had no... Free time, free space. Yeah, now you're back to just having one full-time job. Yeah. And when I... But it took me several nights where I go home at night and I'm like, what? I don't have to do anything. Shouldn't I be doing something? Right. Shouldn't I be doing something? Shouldn't I be calling someone? Shouldn't I be checking my email incessantly? So I just have like completely vegged out. The forced, you know, staycation with a cold was nice. I caught up on all my DVR TV material and things like that. So... Um, it's really nice to have a life back and like this weekend I have stuff going on. I'm getting a new washer dryer delivered tomorrow and stuff, but I don't have to go do anything I don't want to do. Oh, okay. Completely off topic, but what type of washer dryer are you getting? Well, I, um, you know, I'm 36 years old and this will be the first washer and dryer I've owned. I've, you know, been lended washer and dryers. People have given me washer and dryers before. But um, on Black Seems Friday, like an odd gift. right? But you know what I mean. Like your parents right. are like, "Oh, you're moving out right. here. Here's a washer yeah. and dryer." You know, I bought my first. one. I think I was 32. 
yeah, I was 32 when I bought my first yeah. Oxford Rye. And I still remember it. It's one of those weird milestones. Absolutely. And But it's a cool milestone. Well, because you go and to did college. did you get a front-loading washer? Oh, yeah. A oh, dryer. Yeah. So nice. um, you go to college, and then you move around the country, and inevitably you don't have your own washer and dryer. Either right. for me, um, it was supplied by places I rented. Um, I had to go downstairs and do it. Or a few places I've rented over time have had a washer and dryer in them. And oh. then for eight years I lived... Um, in my mom's house while she went off to school. And so I had a washer and dryer and then I moved into my newest place and somebody gave us a washer and dryer and it's a perfectly fine washer and dryer, but our washer sounds like it's an airplane taking off every time. And so I've been wanting, um, Ladies a new and gentlemen, washer and dryer. Fashion your seats exactly. for, uh, it's literally like we have airlines. a townhouse and the whole building shakes. I swear to God. Oh my gosh. Perfectly clean clothes, but it just makes so much noise. So I got it into my head. I was going to buy a new washer and dryer. And you can, like, go for the sky, you know, like, oh, spend $2,000 per piece. Well, the good news is that um, the timing was right because I decided to buy it on Black Friday. So I started looking a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I got a set from Home Depot that originally they were each, like, $1,400, and I got them for half off. So oh, I'm nice. getting two for 1400 instead of 2800 or whatever. Um, did you get, like, red or... Something funky silver. Like that. Oh, they silver. look like spaceships, okay. but they're like steam washer, steam dryer. Have all these settings. They, you know, at the end of if the your wash, washer can outwit you. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> at the end of the wash, it goes ding instead of like, bzzz, you know. Yeah. So my parents got a uh, new washer and dryer, and they got the red ones because oh. my dad is a red fanatic. Like he thinks everything should show up in red, which is kind of funny. My mom <laughs> went along with him because she's like, it's laundry room. I don't care. Right. And they got um, the LG front-loading brouhaha washer. That's what I got, LGs. Yeah, and they're really cool. And yeah, yeah they sing songs when they're done. Ding, and ding, you, ding. And they're, they're very advanced. And they have like a 10-year warranty right. on them, which is pretty amazing yeah. when you think about it. And Do mom they work has well? Had, what? Do they work well? Yeah, mom has had nothing but high praise for them, which I think is amazing because she never talks about the laundry machine. Right. She doesn't care. <laughs> She's well, like, it is no, definitely great. a milestone. I, I feel like an adult. Like, I finally passed that, you know, uh, We'll milestone. get your candy bar later. It'll fix it. <laughs> well, and part of it, though, I mean, you'll understand this. It's an indication to me that I'm not going anywhere, right? Like, yeah, I was, when I moved home nine years ago, I was pretty sure I was going to be here for a year. And then now it's been nine years, and I still haven't bought a house yet. But a washer and dryer is like an indication that I'm not going anywhere. Because that's the last thing you want to move anywhere, you know? Very true. You absolutely are reluctant to buy furniture and washer and dryer and whatever when you think you're going to pick up and go somewhere again. And for me, it's like, I'm not going anywhere for a while, at least, because I just bought a washer and dryer. Hmm. Yeah, I bought a washer and dryer when I was living in Maine. Uh-huh. Moved. Yeah. <laughs> moved Did you like move it all the times. way back? No, I actually sold it. Yeah. Um, I, what was funny is uh, my good friend Stacy, who I was living with at the time. Hi, Stacy. She does <laughs> listen to the podcast. Nice. Um, she needed a washer and dryer, right? As she had moved out and was you know getting her own place and whatever. And I was like, do you want the washer and dryer? And she's like, you don't want to move it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> How many times? Do it? No. Right. And she, all right, so I sold it to her, and I think she, I think she still has them. They were really really nice sets. So. Yeah, but now they're like ten years old. Right. So I moved to Maine in two thousand two. <laughs> well, so it makes me feel like I'm settling in, and well, that's cool. it was a fun purchase, and it's really the first time I've ever fully taken advantage of Black Friday. So really, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm so not a shopper, and when I am a shopper, I like to like do it quickly, and and the craziness that exists on black friday and now you know black thursday, thursday or, or as whatever. we used to call it thanksgiving <laughs> right 
Um, I just, my roommate, Zach Slattery would, uh, <laughs> would go out, you know, he was the one that would work Thursday night and then come home for an hour and go stand in line outside of target. So he could be the first one in and he has stopped doing that this year, but I would never, you would never find me shopping in the middle of the morning with a bunch of other people standing in line, rushing to the sales. Oh no, I can't. It's do just it. not my style. And, and it's funny because some friends of mine who you know they think that it, this gets us into a discussion on stereotypes. Huh. Yay! Um, they think that uh, because I'm gay, I'm like some magic shopper, and I spend all my time at the mall. One cannot nice. stand the mall, right? And I was actually hanging out with my friend Julie one time, and I was like, "Look, I got to go buy pennies, and I got to get a shirt because I've got this function coming up, but I forgot to bring a you know decent shirt uh-huh. for it." And, uh, and she's like, well, okay, but I'm not a big shopper. And I knew she wasn't. And I was like, it's okay. It'll take five minutes. Mm-hmm. And she goes, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And we get in there. I get the shirt, get my stuff. I'm done. I'm looking around. I'm like, what? Where right. did she go? She's over date. I'm like, we are done. <laughs> We're, We're leaving. Right. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize you'd be that fast. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's like, I go uh, shopping when I have something in mind or I have to tell you when I travel, sometimes I shop like crazy. Like when we were in Seattle, well, we yeah, had to buy a bag to get stuff home, you know? Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. But so I don't do the Black Friday thing, but how can you pass up those sorts of sales? Well, you can't really pass them up, but it's a matter of, you know, I'll just do it online because it's not like the, the local retailer is getting that much out of it anyway. Yeah. And I looked online and then I went to the Home Depot guy and I actually went to the Sears guy and he was obnoxious. And so I went back to Home Depot and... Got a great deal and one of those no interest payment things. So oh, nice, and they're getting delivered tomorrow. Yay! And then you'll and you'll I'm going to find... be so much cleaner. Well, yeah, like you're dirty now. She's a dirty, it's going to be girl. so much quieter in my house. Actually, what's, what's funny is that you will you'll they have such large capacity. You'll be like, you know what? I'm just throwing things in to see if it'll clean it. You'll <laughs> exactly. be like a couch. <laughs> Exactly. It came out a little warped, uh, but it seems clean. So that's how I'm spending my Saturday. Instead of door knocking, I get to install a washer and dryer. Mm, oh no, Yay. they're delivering it. They install it. Oh, and I know. Are they taking away the old? But one? I mean, I get to like play with it for right. several hours. Are they taking away the old? Old set? Yes, we donated the washer to the um, Florence Crittenden home. Nice. And the dryer um, is going to a friend. Oh, very yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. So oh, cool. Do, do, do. We do like the Florence Crittenden home. We do. You know, obviously, usually I would donate stuff for the Friendship Center, but they just are overrun with donations right now. So, well, I don't think they need washer and dryer right now because they, they got don't. like seven of them. They have so many. It's a big push at the end of summer. So, so what I want to know is what you've been doing for the last four weeks because we just talked about me for like twenty minutes. Um, nothing. No, <laughs> that's a lie. Uh, lie. It is a lie because football ended. Uh, ended. Which, yeah. Okay. So over. Was, over. Uh. The final game for the NAIA is on December 16th, but... Where'd Carol end up in the whole thing? Well, they never even made it into the playoffs. That's the thing. I know. So for the first time in 12 years, Carol wasn't in the playoffs. Somehow I have not been reading the sports pages to even know that, but... Hold on. Let me register shock at that. Right. I know. Sorry. I've been very internal focused. Right. Anyway, so yeah, so Carol didn't make it into the playoffs, but we had two other teams. We had two other teams from the Frontier that did, and it was Southern Oregon and Montana Tech. Which, you know, great. They made it into the playoffs. Tech lost in the first round of the playoffs, and Southern Oregon <laughs> lost in the second round of the playoffs. They both lost to Morningside, and Morningside is in the championship game. Uh, Morningside's a good team. I don't care. Where's Morningside from? Uh, Iowa? Nebraska? I don't know. Square State? <laughs> um, I just don't care. You know, and it's not that I don't care about the sport or care about the school. I'm sure they're great people, but I have nothing to do with them. Right. And... I thought, you know, well, okay, so football's really over for me. It'll be simple. It'll be easy. Da, 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 da. 
I have been basketball started in November. We had mm. conference play. Already? I know. Normally basketball is January and February. Yeah. And then the playoffs are in March. Right. No, no, they started conference play in November. Killing me. Wow. Killing me. Volleyball. No break for Kevin. No break. No break. Because volleyball, unlike, well, last year they made it to the first round of playoffs and then lost. So they went to College of Idaho, played, and lost and came back. Mm-hmm. This year they won the conference, so they got the automatic bid. They got a home game, which I could sing the national anthem at. That was very cool. Mm. And they beat uh, Jamestown College in three. And so they went to the national playoffs. So volleyball was still going on. And it was it's crazy. And then the other thing is we still have the Saints wrap-up show, and we schedule the show. We buy time from the station to put the show on. Well, we what bought are you time. talking about? Exactly. We bought time <laughs> through the end of football, but football's already done. We've, right. had, we've had all these other shows. So thank God volleyball went on and basketball started early, because otherwise <laughs> we'd have nothing to talk about. Oh, boy. So we've been dealing with that. And um, then I have a major project that I'm working on for uh, another friend of mine, a uh, website uh, migration to a new system. And um, that's interesting, but it requires, like, Six or seven hours where I can just focus on that. And mm-hmm. so I'm actually scheduling some time next week where literally, if anybody talks to me, I'll just gut them like a carp. Right. Um, because I just, I need to focus. And mm-hmm. I can't focus where people distract me on other that things. That might so mean that you have to on. turn off some of your technology, my dear. Oh, I do. When I do that stuff, the okay. problem is is that I'm, de- I'm developing a website, so I have to be connected to the internet. I just <laughs> have to make sure I don't think, do things like open up Twitter. Right. <laughs> um, but those usually aren't the, those are distractions that I can control and I just need to turn them off. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. The distractions I can't control are when people come and ask me questions or phone calls that come in and da da da. And I need to actually turn off my phone and leave a voicemail with, you know, sorry, I'm actually working on this project. I will be available after this time. Right. If it's an emergency, call back three times so you're, so it rings. Otherwise <laughs> I won't hear it. Right. Sorry. Um, you know, that sort of stuff. But, uh, what else have I been up to? Um, so can we oh, just reflect on, oh, I have a back. I know you're looking out there going, wait a minute. It looks all shiny. <laughs> it looks thing. shiny. Yeah, because they painted the front end. Um, so I was driving down Thurman Street in East Helena at 15 miles an hour on Friday night, right after the volleyball game, or after the basketball games that were leading up to the Jamestown volleyball game. And the snow that had not been plowed, because apparently we like to park seven of the 11 plows and not use them after a major snowstorm, mm-hmm. a snowstorm that for the first time ever in history that mid-November had one? a name. Right. <laughs> yes, Brutus. Um, what had happened is the snow had melted and formed these potholes, but they were over a foot deep. I hit them going at 15 miles an hour and it literally threw my car around and it bounced up and down. Da, 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 da. I destroyed the bumper, the radiator, the fan. It was a nightmare. $3,500 in damage. Oh my gosh. Because the road was crap. I, okay. You have to explain that more. Did you go in a hole and come back out? Well, so there were a whole series of holes right next to each other. And so you'd and hit, you couldn't and, see and going at 50, No, I didn't see them. They just looked like they were ice. You know, I figured, eh, 15 miles an hour, it's slow enough. Right. You know, I can stop. I got the studded tires on it. It's not like a big deal. But yours is a it, low to the ground car. So. Yeah, but what it is is they were so deep at that point, And they weren't frozen. They were just water. So you'd hit them and you'd hit all the way down. And then, of course, you'd bounce back up. And then you hit the next one and the next one. And there were so many in a row going through that. Because it was it was that bad. I mean, it was like a whole string of Swiss cheese. Oh you know, foot deep, holes. It was horrible. Wow. And um, so, you know. So the, was that covered by your insurance? Yes. Thank but... God. I'm in good hands with Allstate. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it was just, it's a nightmare to have to deal with. So I was driving a Camry around for a couple of weeks. Nice car. Nice. It was delightful. Um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I've just been working on... You know, projects trying to get things done and make things happen, and uh, 
It's all sorts of happiness and joy. Hold on, oh, Carl need to apparently move. needs something. Oh. We'll pause for just a moment. How's that? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really haven't been doing a ton of interesting things. I've just been kind of recovering from football and all the stuff that we do. And then did a couple of bits of training with some different schools and have tested some new technology. And I'm asking for some other people to make some new software for me because I'd like things to work better. Nice. Um, uh, and I've been working out, going to the gym, and trying to be good on my diet, but it's the holidays, and there's a lot of booze. <laughs> booze and fudge. Right. But I haven't gained any weight, so I'm okay with that. That's good. Just haven't lost any Speaking either. of booze, are you doing SantaCon tomorrow? I am actually going to Missoula. Hmm. I know. Silent pause. She gave me this dirty look from across <laughs> the room. Um, I may be back for it later. Ooh. Mm. As I hit the mic. I may be back for it later uh, in the day, but I have to go over because the Carol men are playing over there and I need to get highlights from the game. Mm. And rather than uh, futz with a couple of other things, I think it's just easier to do that from them because they're actually cutting highlights live mm -hmm. and I can just have them give me the files. So that'll be fun. Plus, I'm going to go over and uh, see Jen Gursky mm -hmm. and do a show with her. A nice. politic boom because I haven't done one of those in four weeks either. Oh, good. So, so I'm not the only know. one that's lame. What? I'm not the only one that's lame. No, no. I feel like, I, you know, lame. <laughs> I think people expected a break from politics for a month after the election. I would hope so. But, you know, by that same thought, I then immediately turned around and turned on faux news and realized that, nope, those people haven't shut up. Well, they haven't, but the good people have. Yeah. Everybody else who's still, anybody who's still watching Fox News on a daily basis and um, thinking that that's somehow a good idea, uh -huh. it's not. So, um, one of the things I did some point over the last few weeks was listen to the Politic Tick Boom podcast with your mother. Mm. I think that was your last one. Right yes, that was the, the last election. one I did right before the election. Yes. I found it fascinating. Oh, really? Why? Well, first of all, your mom's awesome. She is. And I loved hearing you, you know, try to have a similar, like, debate um, dialogue like you would with someone else, but it was your mother, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's, what's funny is that's how we normally talk. Right. And you know, I mean, that's similar to how you talk with other guests, but it was interesting to hear you go back and forth with her. And I really appreciated her, um, appreciation for the electoral process, um, how important it is for people to run for office, but also how much of a sacrifice it is. And I think I texted you because I happened to listen to that like the day before the election and I was feeling super exhausted and was like you know in one no, of those no I think you actually listened to it the day after the election because I believe you were already on your way to Seattle no no it was before oh, I really? know it was because I was right in that sort of last minute like have I done everything I can boy am I tired of being a politician <laughs> and um was this all worth it and will I make it through tomorrow and mm. I was driving to work and listened and it just really made me feel better so i hope you tell her that i really appreciated oh i did I, I passed along the note immediately and she's like well what did i say i didn't mean to be it and i was like oh no mom she, was... she made me cry i think is what i told right. you and then she you're like what does that mean thanks it's okay <laughs> i was crying it was kind of like when i listened to jesse i think when i either lately when i've listened to people who have also run for office or who are politicians or people who really understand and appreciate just what a sacrifice it is. It was touching to me because um, when you're running for office, everybody has expectations of you. Right. And you spend a lot of time dealing with all those expectations. And so 
it's nice to find space where people can relate to you and also where people appreciate just what a kind of risk it is to do it. Um, and so I really appreciated it. And she had lots of really smart things to say about lots of stuff, but, um, I thought it was great that you had her on. Well, she's a smart lady. It's interesting because, you know, she's in an, You have very different opinions on things. We do. And we get into it sometimes. It's really funny because we'll just frustrate the hell out of each other. And we're like, <laughs> ah, fine, I will talk to you later. Right. Let's go get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we... Growing up in the house... I mean, I grew up in Helena, and so politics was always around. And mom never wanted to be a politician, as she said in the po- podcast. But... Mm-hmm. Um, but she's always been interested in, in, in politics and, and right. how we govern and the things that we need to do to make the, the place better. And I don't always agree with her, but I know that her heart's in the right place. And at the end of the day, I know she's not going to do something that's damaging to us. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that I think is interesting is politicians these days aren't allowed to grow. They aren't allowed to try something to experiment and see that this, oh, it actually didn't work that way. Let's right. fix it. I learned my lesson. Right. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be allowed in politics anymore, which I find uh, frustrating mm-hmm. um, and insulting in many, many ways. Well, and also as a politician, you can't really say you don't know something. You can't say you haven't formed an opinion. Like, you can say that, but people really want you to have already decided how you're going to vote on things. Like, how many candidate questionnaires did I fill out? How many Four times bazillion. did I get asked, like, what's your position on whatever? And so many times I had to be like, I don't know yet, you know? And you don't really want to say that because then you sound like either you're not really invested in the job or you haven't done the research. But it's impossible to know everything you're supposed to know when you become a legislator. Um, hopefully you have the ability to form opinions and make decisions, but... You certainly can't know, you know, medical malpractice insurance 301 instead of 101. Um, well, you can if that's the area that you come exactly. from, but then you won't know. Yeah, oil like I've always said, ask my ask me a question from my experience, you know, and then I'll right. I'll wow you. But um, <laughs> basically, uh, I think wowed. politicians need to be able to say they've changed their mind. They don't know. Or they're still deciding. Well, and the other thing is, they also need to acknowledge when something isn't working. You know, one of the things that drives me nuts is that, the well, and this is national politics, it's the the whole, we're coming up with the fiscal cliff, and and we need to extend the bush cuts for everything, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, okay, the reason those were put into place was because you said 10 years ago, 10 years, a decade ago, Mm -hmm. that if those cuts were in place, it would improve the economy, and we would have more jobs. And... They haven't. We haven't. We don't. Therefore, they did not work. Let's do something else. Right. But you know why they won't. Well, because they're scum. (laughs) Well, that and (laughs) that's the people that vote for them. And they're scum. And they're scum. Yes. Um, Once again, you're not running for office, so now you can say whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) The gloves are off, people. Watch out. The gloves are off. So, um, yeah. Speaking of that, what, um, am Mm. I, am I still valuable to this show as a non-politician? You're, I think you're more valuable (laughs) to this show because, um. Here we go. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, you never really did. I never like, did. I always, I always thought that that was kind of odd that you, you censored yourself a couple of times. <laughs> I was like, really? Because I know what's going to happen. You'll get on that floor, <laughs> and there will be a whole bunch of people, and they will say something stupid, and you're going to yeah, go but that's off like post a Roman. Being elected. It, it doesn't matter, because you've got to be elected again. <laughs> I know. I you know. You will go but off like a Roman candle. I played nice a few times, but I was certainly opinionated and didn't well, and hold I back. Well, and I expected to be. And right. You know, certainly not compared to most politicians who won't say anything uh, while they're running for office. Uh, which drives me nuts. Um... But 
do I think that you add value to the show? The, the show is valueless without you. That's why I didn't do any <laughs> when you were gone. It's not, what am I going to sit up here and pick my nose or it's for an valueless either way. <laughs> either way, we're the only ones that value it. <laughs> well, no, because we have a bunch of people that listen. Right, exactly. You know? And I think it, I think it'll get bigger. I think we're going to have more fun, I think, as the session happens because oh, we'll have a chance bring to... Bring it. Exactly. Like, speaking of, while we were sitting for the non-discrimination ordinance, which we will talk about in a, uh, in a moment, we will get to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a very large printout of paper and you were going through and highlighting the list of bills yes. that you were going to have to look at. And that was before, that was when we only had 1,200 bills in there. Now right. we're up to 2,000. I know. In two, two weeks. 2,000 bills. Already, people. Already. We have 90 days of yeah. session, and there are 2,000 bills. There's really only six bills that need no, to be No, but in the there. point is, Kevin, that, I mean, I've been doing this for a while now. We usually have 2,000 bills in the hopper by early January. And by late January, when they cut off kind of how many bills you can request they cut them off already we're at like three thousand no 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 there's a whole process of how it works they were saying that oh it's yeah it's right after they're sworn in they're cutting them off and you only get seven more at that point yeah but still seven more that still could add what 700 last week was the deadline where you could do unlimited requests 1050 right so unlimited requests up to the last week in november and then between now and a certain date in january they have seven more they can request Ah. so that's why you see such a flood of requests things like Revise laws. That's what it says. Revise criminal laws. Revise education laws. Because these people are just putting in a bunch of placeholders. Oh, but my point is, there's going to be anything yeah, worthwhile. So th- my point is that even then, we had like two thousand usually by early January. We have two thousand by early December. So now people will only have their seven per person, and there's so many per committee and all that kind of stuff. But People were up front, ready to go, sending in all these bill draft requests, poor legislative services. Um, So it's not unusual to have that many bills, but it's unusual to have them so early on in the process. And now you're going to add 150 times 7 to that. How much is that off the top of your head? 1,050. I had to do the math. It's like 700 for the one and then 350 for the other, and that makes (laughs) 1,050. So there's a lot. Because I'm a mathematical genius. Right. If I have a calculator. (laughs) So, um, anyways, we have a long ways to go, but I, for the work that I do, as you all know, I'm the domestic violence and sexual assault coalition director, and we actually work on a lot of issues because we connect our work to all sorts of kind of anti-oppression issues. We work on immigration, we work on gay rights, we work on choice, we work on landlord tenant things. I mean, we have a real wide spectrum in terms of the advocacy work that we do. And then we also work on budget issues and we work on you know, healthy sex ed and all that kind of stuff. So right. part of it is I look through that 2000 bills and I would bet that at least, um, 10 to 20% of those we track and we work on. Um, there's maybe 20 that we work really hard on and another hundred that we monitor in one way or the other. But with all of these conservative, you know, anti-government Republicans, we have even more because we never used to have to testify about bills about whether or not we should, um, secede from the federal government, you know, <laughs> whether or not we should, um, oh, like turn away federal money or whether or not we should deny federal laws. So we used to have, you know, a good handle on our legislative agenda. And now it's like tripled because Creighton Kearns is the chairman of the house judiciary committee. And he, and he's the one that always carries. Farming. Yeah. And he always carries like pro gun bills and he usually carries about four to five, but in his position of power with the sort of leadership they have, it's going to be more like 10. And every person that's like that that's in a position of power, they're going to double 
they're crazy. They're going to use all of the stuff they've used before and then some. So our legislative tracking list is going to be double because there's so many more bad ideas. Fun. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. I think one of the things that I'm going to do with Politactic Boom is change it a little bit, make people come in and talk about why they uh, want these bills. You know, And they don't necessarily have to be the bill sponsor, but they could be somebody who thinks that it's a good idea. Right. Um, is that What is your plan for Politactic Boom during the session? I'm still kind of working on it. Um, because it's it, you know it's hard to get them to commit to anything. It's hard to figure out when is going to be a good time to do it, how I'm going to do it. I mean, thankfully my office is what right. half a mile from the Capitol. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's hard to walk them over here if that's what's going on. But it is hard to, to monopolize their time for something if they don't see value in it. So I really want to make it. It's a it's a chance for them to uh, really talk about what it is that they're that they think is important. And I, I even think that, you know, as much as, and when you say them, this, are you talking about actual legislators? I'm, oh yeah. And I, well, legislators definitely. Absolutely. I want to give, you know, part of the, part of the problem that I think we have is that we don't have a chance for them to get out their message in a consistent, even, uh, fair way. Um, everything's biased and right. I'll admit that I'm biased, but on that show particularly, I'm not because I'm not editing them. It's exactly what they say. They get to talk about right. it. I shut the hell up and move on this show. Different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, um, ma'am. But I, you know, so I don't know what it'll be, but I want to give everybody, even the people that I, you know, constitutionally disagree with and dislike, mm-hmm. I still, you know, it's a respect for the office thing. I think they need to have that that space and that time. And I don't think it's a bad thing to get to know those people. In fact, I think that that falls under my category of, you know, the ambassador from Queens. If you don't spend the time to meet those people, you don't ever get to change their minds. Right. So do you then envisioning continuing to invite people from both sides of an issue and that kind of stuff? So do you want to have it be individual things or do you want it to be like a, you know, a particular issue and then you bring someone from both sides and have them talk about it? Um, I don't know. I would, I would think I'd want to bring in people from both sides and have them talk about it, but I don't want, necessarily want them on the same show. Okay. Because while the debate between Dustin and Don was interesting and entertaining, mm-hmm. and it's still one of the most downloaded episodes of the show, right? Uh, I don't know that it adds value to our discussion at that level. I don't want to put them in that position where they're having to defend themselves when they just want to get out their talking points of why they think it's important. Right, because, you know what, to be honest with you, I mean, I think throwing in an occasional show that looks like that, but I really don't want you to be the next podcast where people are arguing no oh, you know i don't want to i mean either. that's the thing if you look at you know news on tv it's all people coming in and arguing about their positions about a particular yeah. issue it's it's I'm we see people arguing all the time own. yeah exactly <laughs> so either. i like the idea of having somebody come in and talk about something and then you and know then i think you could be strategic who yeah wants to bring in you know wants to do the other side and i want to give them as much room as they need you know, and it, you know the whole idea is not to make it. You're going to have to be careful though, because it's one thing when you were talking about people running for office, you had the opportunity to really focus on who they were and what they believed and why they did what they did. I think it's going to be more difficult if you have somebody come on and talk about an issue because they could really go in a direction that's very counter to what you believe and what you would want to promote in a public sphere. So I think you're right. It could still work. I think you're, you're going to want to be thoughtful about what the topic is. Well, of course. And well, you know, this I'm not, is, yeah, this I mean, I'm not in, saying internal, something you don't already know. Right. I'm this just is saying the like internal discussion that I'm having. Yeah. If Chris Hansen were to come on the show, how would I deal with it? Right. You know, and I, and I honestly think that might be why I invite her first 
is to be, a, you know, because I have to prove to myself She's that I can do it. She's not coming on this show. I don't think she is either. <laughs> but it wanted to prove myself to myself that I could do it. Not the show, but actually extend the invite. Right. I don't know about the show at all. <laughs> um, but the other part is, on some level, I have to have faith that even these people that you look at and the sound bites that we hear from them and the things that they bring up, while we all acknowledge that they are crazy, that they're not crazy people and that they are actually good people and they're trying to fix something that, that they either don't understand or they're overwhelmed by and so angry that they can't think. And that's, you know, there's a part of me that actually believes that that's true. There's the other part of me that just looks, oh, you naive little fuck. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you could decide to do something and then it really goes bad and you and, have to backtrack and whatever. But Right. Well, the other part of it, it is. It could be know, wonderful. They can come out and then they say something. But if they say something that's deliberately hurtful to me, the chances of me being able to shut up, really slim. Right. Really slim. Like slimmer than I'll ever be on It's subjects. more that I would be concerned, like if I was in your position, that I would be concerned that they would say or talk about something that... Um, is really fundamentally against what I believe. And then somehow because it's on my show, it's like I endorsed it. Oh, you know, you're, you're I mean, if you figure out a way, I wouldn't immediately call them on it. Right. And we've met me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why I don't know that anybody would necessarily agree to come on that show, except for people that agree with me. So, you know, it may be interesting. It may be one-sided. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I do still want to have the first time anybody's on the show. I just, I do want to have the, how did you get into politics discussion? Exactly. And, and that I will have with anyone. And don't forget that lobbyists have as much to say as legislators. So what I like about what you've done so far is you do some candidates, but you also did a lot of people who just do the work. And, Mm -hmm. um, I would suggest you keep that because I really think those are as compelling, you know? I think so too. You know, so I think there will be some interesting changes to it, but I don't think overall it's going to change. And then, you know, the session's only 90 days. Right. Sorry. That's what? So were there any candidates that you didn't get that you really wanted? Um, Where did that all work out? Did you ever talk to Ellie? Uh, I'm supposed to be talking to Ellie tomorrow. I didn't want to say anything because, (laughs) you know, she's a little flighty. Uh Um, I didn't get Denise Juno on the show yet, but they've been so busy dealing with the recount and all of that that I haven't really been pushing on it. Right. Um, Still haven't gotten Monica Lindine. Um, which is weird because I've, I've extended the invite, but I guess I just haven't pushed hard there. Um, didn't get Tim Fox may get him now that he's elected. Um, right. (coughs) He can come defend himself to all of your, no, he doesn't have to defend himself. He has to explain himself. There's a difference. Um, who are you and why are you involved and why, why didn't you you talk to us before? Exactly. You know, but congratulations to him for winning the election. Hope he does a good job. Yeah. We have to extend, uh, our hand to him as well and introduce ourselves and say, we're the ones who work on victim services in Montana. You might want to talk to us. We'll see how that goes. Uh, it'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah. He's not a bad guy. I, I don't question that. I just question whether or not he's going to have a priority for victim services at all. And mm. previous adger- attorney generals certainly have. So I, I think he probably will. I think, you know, part of it is educated. Republicans like victims too, you know, well, they like to make sure that there aren't any new ones. Right. That's, you know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. to a certain extent, um, we have the privilege of being bipartisan to an extent, especially as long as the person's not too conservative. That's like true. Steve Daines. Actually, I don't think Steve is going to be a problem for you at all because he's. He has this whole thing pointless. going on where he's like, um, you know, everything can be fixed in the family. 
and that's not true. That's for not our true issue. at all. Well, and the other th- the other thing is is that he is now the lowest ranking representative in the House. Right. That's all there is to it. Yeah. He has no power. He has no standing. He has no seniority. Nothing. Somebody has Reberg's nice office, and it's not him. Reberg didn't have that nice of an office. He did the last two years. Oh, really? It was nice. Like, so I've been visiting Reberg for years, and once upon a time he was like in this totally obscure hallway that you had to like take three different elevators to get to that's where Danes is going to be yeah and eventually um reberg in the last couple of years moved down to this nicer office in the cannon building and really nice big you know four house which they're not very nice period but um and he's already had to move out of there and somebody's moving in there but people maybe don't realize that it's not like montana has an office it's all seniority there so reberg had a really nice office but it's not like the Montana yeah, representative goes new. back there. Right. But I mean, you have to work your way up to a decent office. Steve Dadeson is literally in like a closet for a while. No, for his entire term. Yeah. It's a two year term. Right. You know, and this is, this is part of why I didn't understand what Freeberg was doing because he had finally gotten seniority and was effective or could have been. Right. And he threw it all away because he wanted to have the Senate seat. And it's like, what, what are you thinking? It was really dumb. It was very much so. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think about this Sandy Denise thing? And especially all of the chitter chatter about the fact that Sandy's taking this through the courts um, for... That's the thing that I don't understand. You don't understand it? Well, have you read about it? How it's... Well, I've read a little bit the about... The ATP a... attorneys and all that stuff? Well, yeah. I know, I know, I know who's involved, douchebags. Yeah. Um, but here's what I don't understand. By taking it through the courts because she didn't request it through the office, I don't know that they have to do a recount now. No, they don't. She's passed her. I mean, right. if, so if, the, if, if the, the court awards, yes, they have to do a recount, then they'll do it. But if right. the court doesn't, she has no other recourse. Right. And the court could say, well, you're alleging something that none of these other races are showing. Therefore, no. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah. And they're, you know, that, that just screws herself. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. Well, not when and she then, had the option of doing an actual recount. If you're actually concerned about whether or not you won or not, you would just do the recount. Right. But... Here's so I don't know what you've heard. Here's what I speculate mm-hmm. in my own head. With the voices in my head have gotten together in the little council. Yes. Um, I think what they're trying to do is uh, have some sort of standing for challenging how our elections are done. Absolutely. And, You're not the only one talking about that in your head. And that's why it's happening. Especially that's why she got the attorney she did because they're challenging the election laws. And so, but what part of the election laws are they hoping to get overturned by going this way? Same-day voter registration, all of that sort of stuff. So they're basically trying to build a case for why we should... And and not a case in the court of law, but a case... This would allow for enough, um, you know, review and evidence, potentially, if they're right, of the fact that same-day voter registration made Election Day more difficult and yada yada. Not that they would win that case in court, but that they would win it in public opinion and with the legislators. See, so and, they're and wanting here's to the, here's the interesting build a case against voter registration. Well, here's the part of that that, that kind of kills me, kind of makes me laugh, because there is nobody on either side of the issue in Montana that is impressed with American Traditions Partnership at this point. Right. No one. Mm-hmm. The Republicans in this state are so fed up with having their own names drugged through the mud by these people right. that they're done. Mm-hmm. And so for the fact that she's willing to associate with them says a lot about where she's at, which is a bad thing. Right. You and know, pay $100,000 for that attorney. Right. And I had... You know, I had decent respect for her as a candidate. I didn't mm-hmm. agree with everything that she said, but, you know, I thought she could, you know, right. I, I like Denise. I voted for Denise. 
Not that anybody should know that, but I did. Right. Um, but I honestly think it, that had Sandy won, she would have done an okay job. She's been really influenced by that, though. But now, yeah. now seeing what she's doing and how she's playing this game, now, no, no. Now yeah. she's decided that she's going to throw this in with people who want to buy the election. Right. And in Montana, that does not fly. No. There's a good way to see how pissed off we are. Tester won mm-hmm. by an astounding margin. Mm-hmm. Not by the pulled margin, by an astounding margin. And there were more ads against him, more money spent on his race than anything else. And Montanans looked at that and said, you don't buy me ever, Mm -hmm. and voted against it. And for her to align herself with those people in that tactic, that's not going to win in the court of public opinion here. She's making a huge mistake. She's done. Well, I think she also figures she lost and so maybe doesn't give a crap anymore. And so she's just going to tie herself to this... You know, yeah, but that that ruins any future political career right. that you could have. I mean, absolutely, she could do what Tim Fox did and turn around and run in four years, and because there's not going to be an incumbent Democrat, right. she could have won. She could have won. Well, she's going to have a bad rep from this. A horrible one. Yeah, it's a bad idea. So yeah. when you've said that you've talked to Republicans who don't like ATP anymore and all that stuff, have you had a chance to talk to any of those Republicans who were quoted in that I have. frontline special or anything? I have, and it's interesting because. You can draw conclusions based off of what you see in front of you. And, like, the Frontline special is edited a special way. And this is why I despise current news. <laughs> um, and it's it's why um, uh, reality TV makes me nuts. Right. Because I work in editing. When, oh, and the third thing. Why I don't ever cut anything out of politics at Boom. Right. Because... If I start editing, I can tell any story I want. I'm mm-hmm. a really good editor. It's my job. I do it day in, day out. I've right. done it for over a decade. I can tell a story. Mm-hmm. You, you can make me, a, me look really good. Right. I can make you look really <laughs> bad. I can make you look like Satan herself. Right. You know, and there is no way, no way that editing is going to convince me of anything. So I asked the people that were involved. I did talk to Mike Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave a statement. He gave a press release to everybody that's asked him about Oh, did he? I yeah. haven't seen it. And um, I don't know that it was public. He's, he gave it to all the reporters that asked, right. and he sent it to me. And, you know, he's, he outlined every time that he had talked to the guy, what exactly had happened in those conversations, um, what he had run into when they uh, sent out the flyer that actually cost the other guy the election. John Ward. Yeah, and um, we t- my mom and I discussed that on her show as I well. I saw that, yeah. And, um, you know, his thing was... Uh, yeah, I've talked to them. I had no idea what they were doing, and then what they did in my name, they did, was they were not authorized to do. Right, and I didn't so he give them endorse any of that, that stuff. Right, yeah. he doesn't give any. And oh, he is nothing but livid, nothing but livid over it. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only one. And it's interesting because, um, you know, you're talking to these people who, on some level, in the last eight years, have been a we have to win at any cost. You know, and so they've been following that road. Now they know what that cost is, and they're not willing to pay it. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting because it's a, their soul. <laughs> there's at least a hundred or more of the bills that have been requested that are about election laws. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Republicans do because yes, they'll go after same day voter registration and stuff, but what are they going to do about disclosure laws? What are they going to do about campaign finance? Because they can't say that they hate ATP and they don't want to deal with any of that and then bring a bunch of laws that reinforce citizens United. You well, know? and that'll be interesting. I think that the other side of it is that there are a lot of Republicans who want to know where this money's coming from too. Because they should. While the, it helped them in some ways, I don't think it helped them at all this election. No. Nope. I mean, Rick Hill lost. Yep. And I'm Despite sorry. Despite all of the money he got. Right. At illegally. the last minute. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, Tim Fox won, but he was smart. He gave the money back. He stood up and said, we're not doing this. Right. And he ran against a woman. <sighs> Sexist much? <laughs> I'm saying, I think it had a lot to do with Pam not having a better result. Oh, that's unfortunate. Welcome I to do. The state of Montana. I mean, well, look how hard she worked, how much money she raised, how much she was out there, how she's better qualified. And I'm sorry, but... You know, it's not like we haven't had a Democratic attorney general. We've had male attorney generals. We have not had a female attorney general. It's true. We do have a female secretary of state. Yeah, but it's very different. Attorney general She's is She's like, the first one. No, she, I know. I'm just saying yeah. that, like, attorney general is the way we see that position. I think a lot of voters, A, Tim Fox had name recognition, absolutely. But also, Pam was a woman, and that... You See, know, and I think played I th- out in that race. In I think ways just that for fun, doesn't. next time that the Republicans and the Democrats both need to put up a woman, right? See Sorry. what happens. Yeah. I think it would be fun to have a slate. You know, just for fun, I think the party right. should get together and collude. It's illegal, but go for it anyway. And uh, put together all the candidates women. are just women, right? Governors, attorney generals, all of it, superintendent, all of it. Yay, we're taking over the world. I think it would be interesting. I'll run for governor if we have to. Mm, that'd be delightful. You know what I hope I'd Denise run for? Juno the runs. Hills. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Everything's fine in Montana except right. for every 28 days. <laughs> yes. Hey. I know. You were sexist. I brought up the joke. Anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I, I, I... There's so much that goes on in politics that is kind of crazy. I mean, I was talking to... Um, I can't remember his name. Anyway, I was talking to him about how we thought the asked him how the election went out. He goes, I think there's a lot of zigzag voting that happens in Montana. So they start on an R and then D and R and D and R and D and R and D. Right. Or they start on D and R and D. And I was like, Well, I wish there I was some way, way to back up my, my, vote. my comment about Pam. But it's not because I don't think Pam was qualified. I mean, you know that. Oh, I know. It's because I think that, um, you know, all things being equal, people were more likely to vote for a man in that race. And all things weren't equal. In fact, she worked harder. Was you know, out there more, making more connections, and still Tim won. So right. explain that to me, you know? Welcome to politics. I know. No, I can't hey. explain all of it, and we don't want me to. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got the kind of time, and there's far too many four-letter words that are going to be used to do so. Right. <laughs> so um, what, what so time then, are we at? How long um, have we been talking? We've got plenty of time. Okay. Uh, then the, uh, so you got back to town. The first time I actually saw you, this isn't the first time I've seen you, although it's the first time we've spent any time talking. Right. right. First time I saw you was at the city meeting. Yes. The city commission meeting. So we should end with that. Oh, we, we should end something with it. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, do you want to give a summary of where we're at? Uh, we're at the, in the middle of the longest, most stupid, convoluted, drawn out process I have ever been involved in in my life. Over a year ago now, mm-hmm. they started the draft of the non-discrimination ordinance. Yes. And um, we have had so many dumb things happen to it over the course of the year. We finally, they tried to force our hand and make it go away. We ended up forcing their hand because apparently they've never played cards mm-hmm. and didn't realize if everybody else shows up with aces and you got a pair of twos, you get nothing. Right. Um, and so we ended up forcing their hand and... Um, they, they finalized a draft. They did finalize a draft. Wasn't they brought bad. it up and then they had the first reading of it and then they added an amendment. They did. So not only did we wait for so long, they finally agreed to a draft. It was posted and deemed read, so to speak, in legislative terms. On Monday, there was a hearing to review the draft, and it wasn't even, it was like a, it was still sort of an administrative level hearing. Like, there was no formal public comment. He allowed for public comment because so many people were there. 
But it's really just where they announce the bill, they talk about it, you know, they start talking about amendments, and everybody showed up with amendments. So not only did they put the bad amendment on about transgendered stuff, but they did the attorney's fee thing. They did all this other weird stuff. Well, but, that, but the, the worst only, thing. The only one that passed, the only one that was added. No, was, attorney's fees was added too, where you can't have attorney's fees anymore. That succeeded as well. Yeah. So anyways, let's get to the point, which is the See, worst and I one. think that both of those, I think all those amendments were put in place as poison pills because they basically killed the bill. Right. Well, what's interesting, though, and, you know, if Dick is listening, I just, I need to better understand why you did this. So Dick Thweet is a supporter of the non-discrimination ordinance. He's voted for it from the beginning, and yet both the attorney's fees amendment and the, you know, whatever they're calling it, panty something. The panty check amendment. (laughs) Right. Well, and we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Both of those amendments, though, were requested and drafted by him. And then he backtracked and didn't want to do them anymore. This is my remembering. No, that's of what it. he did. He said at one point he said, "I really don't care if it passes or not." And then he voted for it. What the hell? Was it Elsasser or him though that did the attorneys' fees? I don't remember. Yeah, I so I could Elsesser be wrong about that. that. The attorneys' fees. Okay. So, anyways, but um, that passed. It doesn't matter. Right. And then Thweet um, brought forth the transgendered issue one, and. Um, then ended up voting for it. And so it went on three to two. Um, right. Can we talk about the transgender inju- issued one? Because immediately as, yeah. it, as it came up, I was like, okay. So at my gym now, and right. I tweeted this, right. at my gym, apparently I'm going to have to show my cock before I go into the locker room. Because <laughs> I've been asked on many occasions in my life whether I'm a boy or a girl. Right. I'm kind of a swishy queen. It happens. <laughs> And I've got tits. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and if I just showed my tits, do I go in the women's locker room? Right. What, how exactly how is this How do you know that I work? don't have a penis right now? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's the thing. That's what bothers me about this whole thing is that they're not really thinking the consequences through on that one. And they're very obvious, simple consequences. And there are far more complex consequences that, that come from it and far more dangerous things that come from it. Well, You're not putting to somebody mention, in a very I mean, horrible situation. Yeah, and all of the consequences and all of the what ifs, the thing that probably bothers me more than all of that, because those are all obvious things where we can talk about how absolutely ridiculous it is. What is underlying all of this all the time is whenever we talk about transgendered stuff, it's this bathroom, locker room panic thing as if transgendered people are predators. I mean, because the basic fundamental premise of their argument was that somehow transgendered people are going to be in a locker room with people of the you know opposite sex according to their genitalia and somehow like flaunt it or use it or use it in a harassing way. And they did it all based on some story they heard about at Evergreen College where... Um, Which the school has disputed. Right. But, I mean, who cares? I mean, all of it... The the thing that is most concerning to me is the way we talk about transgendered people. A, as if they're predators. And B, as if they go around, like, flaunting in the locker room. I mean, a person who has transitioned from male to female and is somewhere in that transitioning period and has decided that at this point in their life they feel more comfortable in the female locker room um, is really 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 unlikely to like be walking around Naked. if they haven't had bottom surgery um like flaunting it right right because they're, something so, they're they've, trying to get they've rid spent of. their whole plus and they've spent their whole life like being um you know insecure about their body you know what i mean like not feeling comfortable in their own body so it's not like they're gonna walk around the locker room you know wagging it in people's faces right and vice versa like if i am female transitioning to male if I've transitioned enough that I'm comfortable in the male locker room, again, I'm not going to be walking around with no pants on if I haven't had bottom surgery. 
you know? So it's just like most transgender people, if they use a gym, aren't even going in the freaking locker room because they don't feel safe because they're still feeling insecure in their own bodies. Don't we want people to feel more secure? Don't we want people to feel safer and more like human as opposed to making them like now, like you said, like, do we have to put signs on locker rooms that say, depending on where you are in your transition, you're either welcome here or you're not, you know, it's ridiculous. And like you said, it's basically a poison pill. Yeah. Cause if they keep it on, we have to kill it. Yep. And we should. <coughs> what? And we should. And I think we should use the term abortion and let them know exactly what they've done. <laughs> okay. Um, but I don't know that people really understand that, which is that the amendment was bad enough that if they won't take it off, then we don't want the ordinance to pass as is. Correct. And that is a year's worth of work down the shitter. And that, I can guarantee you, means that every single person on the commission, including mm-hmm. the mayor, except for Catherine Hockhausreth, mm-hmm. will not be reelected to their position. They will be removed from power because there is nothing meaner or more organized mm-hmm. than a bunch of pissed off queens and their <laughs> friends, the lesbians. We will make flyers and we will make sure that you right. never, ever hold office again. Remember all those hours I spent running for office? We'll I'll, focus yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. And we'll all just of the friends that. that we're helping, Kelsey, exactly. we'll be out there making sure that you do not get elected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you don't want to do. deal with the gay mafia. The mob hand. <laughs> um, and, and, but, it's, and, and, you know, that's not And an not only threat. that, but not only the gay mafia, but I was so impressed at the hearing on Monday. You know, there was maybe a hundred. many or, allies? Yeah, there was maybe a hundred or more people in support of the ordinance. And, you know, 40% of them were gay. Like, the majority of those allies were straight allies. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It is. That never happens. It is. And then on the other side, there was also a bunch of gay people. They're just in the closet still. The people that opposed the ordinance. So it was funny because I ran into somebody that used to be a neighbor when I was growing up that was on the other side. Uh, and I'm going to call her out. Karen Screener. Mm-hmm. She's from the church. Yeah. And I don't think she knows I'm gay. Right. I don't think she has any clue. What'd she say to you? Well, she was. We were talking about something completely unrelated. Another friend of a uh, 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 friend that we both have. What's the word for mutual friend? Mutual friend. Thank you. <laughs> um, we were talking about his situation. He's dealing with MS, and it's very sad and kind of mm. horrible. And um, you know, and then you know, and I'm just trying to be nice and social, and I never really got around to making sure that she knew that I was gay. Right. And uh, you know, I will next time. It, it just, it wasn't, I wasn't quite prepared for it. And, um, it's one of those awkward situations where, you know, somebody from your youth and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to straighten these people out or right. gay them up. I'm not exactly sure right. which direction we're going with this one, but, uh, you know, I wasn't prepared to have that in a civil manner. Right. You know, I'm, per- I'm perfectly prepared to go into our, in, into battle that night. Yeah. I, you know, mentally I had my armor on, I'm ready to go. But I don't think that she deserved that. And I don't think it would have been productive. It would have set her off. It would have set that whole thing off. And right. then the police would have been removing me right. instead of whoever they removed later on. I'm sure that was fun. Yeah, who did they remove? I don't know. I wasn't there at that point. I had to leave. Mm. I had choir rehearsal. And I won't be there on the 17th, which really pisses me off. But I have a concert that night. I can't. I'm sorry. Who schedules a gay choir concert it's not a during gay a choir. gay hearing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, the, it's a community <laughs> choir. Um, Full of gay people. Um, it is, and you know what? I will as soon as I'm done with the concert on Monday I think night. You should I will carol be coming all the way down. Talk. Yeah, I will be coming over in my tux because I'm just right over. It's right. What over time is Paul's. the concert? Seven. 
Seriously, so, you should you know, we'll carol, still... carol on down to the... Well, let me bring the choir over and go <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, look, I need your support. You guys right. need to back me up on this. And I know it's hard for you to figure this out and you're going to have a little conversation with your God or whomever you talk to every right. Sunday morning. Personally, I talked to But I was so pot. impressed with how many supporters we had there. And <laughs> if people are listening, December 3rd was really just the um, procedural thing. Like on the 17th is when people actually have to show up, testify, and make the case for why this thing has to pass Without and why amendment. that amendment has to come off. Right. And so the other thing and is... And in the meantime, you should be calling the city commissioners and yelling at them about that amendment or emailing them. Or just showing up at the... And, and you know, leave me a note. Send them something. Tell yeah. them. This is not cool. It isn't cool. And it's... What about the sticker that they were wearing? Like, I don't understand our sticker right. because it says support! And then, it, and then it's got three other... And I'm like, okay. Equality, dignity, and respect. Right, but support! <laughs> um, their side had stickers that said special rights are not equal rights. Which is true. But we're not asking for special rights. So I guess right. it's fine that you're wearing that sticker because apparently you're what just special stupid are you to talking figure about? out what you're talking about. Yeah. So... <laughs> It'll be interesting. We should have another show after the hearing and see no, we where we ended up. The hearing. Oh, I know. I'm going. just saying, like, we'll talk about it and be like, hmm, they really suck or they did the right thing. Uh, yeah. The city commission is going to be interesting because they're all going to be on a list. Santa is making a list and checking it <laughs> twice. And we will know exactly which one of you people are on which list. And, it and we be have been happy. really patient. I mean, been, I was thinking about that. I was like, patient and Helena nice is and so patient. Not only have we had this whole year's worth, but we've had so many darn hearings. You know, in Missoula, they had one hearing. They had that night. They had a hearing. They voted. It was over. Right. Well, the other the thing. The whole thing took two months from start to finish. They had <laughs> well, one hearing. The other thing that has amazed me about this is that the other side has been threatening the entire time. It'll be lawsuits. It'll be lawsuits. Right. It'll be lawsuits. It won't be lawsuits from us. We're not going to sue you. That's right. not how we do this. You will never, ever, ever hold office again. Right. We will make your political life hell. Right. And we will do it in a festive and glittery way. <laughs> so you can stand with us and you can stand on the right side of history and you can do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a coward and a wuss. And a pain in the ass and fight us, but you will lose. Because at the end of the day, there is nobody who is going to say consistently for the rest of their lives that that group is different than us. Right. And if you can't figure that out, if you can't understand that we're all human and you don't get to discriminate based on a fundamental part of who they are. Right. Here's what I also am really disappointed by. Um, Jim Smith, Dick Thweet, and Matt Elsesser were all elected by Democrats. I mean, Mm -hmm. the thing is that you don't have to run under a party for city commission, but everybody knows that those are Democrats. In any other, you know, venue, they would be Democrats, generally. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't have that in writing somewhere. But the fact that we are having such difficulty with those three, when generally the, like, constituency that votes for them is absolutely in favor of this ordinance, what is the problem? I don't know. I don't know. They at hear all. they're so weak to the other side's viewpoint that they're like hemming and hawing, and it's ridiculous. Well, it, it is. It's interesting. Um, my mom was watching the news, uh, art, uh, the news piece that uh, mm-hmm. Marnay uh, Marnay did, and she was looking and she saw a couple people in the front row and she recognized them. And one of them was the weirdo lady with the bleach blonde hair who mm-hmm. prays all the time. Mm-hmm. Mom tells me that she's insane. She is like fundamentally. She smiles like this. Nutso. Yeah. Um, so I felt better about the fact that I started chanting random Latin and making right. it seem like I was casting a spell and caused her to run from the room. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh boy. <laughs> Whatever. I'm chanting Lorem Ipsum. <laughs> so what uh, about her? What? You were saying something about... Oh. Oh. About them? I thought that was going somewhere. <laughs> no, it wasn't going anywhere. I just think that it's funny because she's been... Well, she's been at every one of the meetings. Right. And she's one of the ones who keeps going up and... <coughs> and with her crazy... But this is what's winning. Michelle I mean, that's Bachman the thing. eyes, like going... Yeah. To, but so. all those all of all of those arguments that they're making on the other side are actually landing somewhere on these people and they're considering them. I mean, I can't believe how much Matt's been dragging his feet. You know? Yeah. It's just unacceptable. Well, and it's ridiculous. Boise passed. Boise. Right. Let's talk about it. large city in uh the the state that's only got slightly less Mormons than Utah. And right. actually, I think it has more and Mormons. more Republican it. across the board in right. every way, shape, or form. Right. And they passed one. Right. Didn't have any problem. They don't have the Salt little Lake panic Salt Lake City check. passed one. Come on. Uh, Mormon Central. In case you right. were wondering, the Mormons do live there. Right. Um, so, yeah. How Helena can't pass one is astounding to me. Simply astounding. It's called electing a city council who generally weren't used to being challenged in this way. Well, you know, sorry. You decided Deciding to... Deciding what the mailer is going to be in your city water bill. Versus deciding whether or not you're going to protect gays and lesbians. When they ran for this job, they probably didn't realize they were going to have to actually talk about stuff. We like this. told them that. We told Matt. No, Sasser I know. I'm just saying. He ran this last time. The first time he ran, he was running for recycling. You right. know. So. Well, and he did a lot with recycling, and that's great. But before he ran this last time, there were a lot of us. In fact, I was at everybody the knew. Rock I mean, he knew what he we was getting into. We talked to him into. specifically about it. Yeah, he knew what he was getting. And into. And we said, if you're going to support it, we'll support you. And he said, absolutely, I'll support it. And then he turned around and lied. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that he'll ever be forgiven for that. Even if he ends up voting for it, I don't know that he'll right. be forgiven for he, it. Right? Because he created way more work for us than he needed to. Yeah. She's made it really hard. You know, and, and this is the thing that kills me about, you know, oh, we have another thing to discuss and we're not done. Because <laughs> hmm. it just happened. I don't know if you knew. I what? don't know if you've read the news today. But we'll get to it in a minute. Okay. Um, his, his whole thing with, uh, we told him what was going to happen, how it was going to, you know, what it was going to do. And the fact that they've made us work so hard and we are such a small contingent of the population. Even with right. our allies, we're a small contingent of the population. Yeah. We don't have that Which much power. Which is why we don't power. need, However, we don't need this. <sighs> that's exactly why we do need this. Right, exactly. However, at the end of the day, there is nobody louder than us. Right. And, uh, you know, you picked your battles, you picked your side, and you want to have the fabulously decorated side that, that is going to win, or do you right. want to have that shabby, shabby, shitty little side that you're on? <laughs> news um, of the day. News of the day. The Supreme Court today. Okay, what does that mean? That they've announced that they're going to hear the cases? Yeah. It means that they're... Well, okay, there's... The, the Supreme see, Court I've, can do I, a couple I of... just stopped listening at some point because I'm so tired of waiting to see if somebody's going to do something about it. So well, does this, this mean the something? the Supreme Court is going to hear arguments. Okay. So the Supreme Court could do one of three things. They could delay making a decision about it at all and just leave it on their docket, which right. is perfectly legitimate to do, um, which means that everything stays as it is indefinitely. Um, they could agree with the lower court's ruling and just leave it as is and say, we're not going to hear this case. Done. Mm -hmm. And that means that the Ninth Circuit's ruling would have would have happened. The stay would go away. Marriages would happen in California, but it wouldn't affect mm -hmm. anything other than courts that are in the area of the Ninth Circuit. So what would happen is Montana's challenge would immediately go to the Ninth Circuit. They'd rule the same way, and then Montana's amendment would also be ruled invalid. Um, but it wouldn't affect anybody outside of the Ninth Circuit. So like North Dakota, which isn't part of the Ninth right. Circuit, wouldn't be in there. Um, or they but could agree to hear other the case. Circuits now, been challenging us too um not on a constitutional level 
Okay. Because they did, the way the California's constitution they gets figured. changed is fucked up. Okay. That's part of the problem. You can have a simple vote for something that effectively amends the constitution, mm. which you can't in any other state. Right. It's ridiculous. So, um, so that's, that's why Prop 8 is an interesting discussion. The other part of it is they, there's two parts of the Prop 8 thing. Not only is it this amendment, and it, you know, while it is around marriage, what it basically says is, can you have a popular vote that amends the Constitution? That's right. the, that's, that's the what root. we did in Montana. We had DOMA. No. Yeah, we had the marriage amendment in Montana. Yeah, but the marriage amendment was first passed by the House and the Senate, then presented to the people. That's how you amend the Constitution. The Constitution. DOMA here in Montana was done yeah. that way? I was pretty sure it was a citizen initiative, wasn't it? Uh, I'll have to look back and check. Maybe. Maybe okay. it was. Anyway, this Anyways, all this, these the, all these statewide popular votes are right, what screw but there's us. in California you can have an initiative that is um, not an amendment but effectively has the same power as an amendment. So it's that's the root cause is that it's it's screwy okay. and it needs to be figured out. Well, the other issue is the state decided not to defend Prop Eight. Hmm. Well, the people who have been defending it both in front of the uh, in front of the um, Ninth state, Circuit. Yeah. They may not have standing, and so it's going to the Supreme Court, and they want them to argue on standing. Well, if the Supreme Court says that they don't have standing, then that still drops it back down, but then it only affects California. It doesn't even affect the the entire Ninth Circuit. So it's weird. So what is the chances that the Supreme Court is going to rule something? Well, they they have to have arguments now, so arguments will be March. I find it interesting that we still don't have a ruling from the Supreme Court in Montana about the ACLU case. You know, we talked about how oh, we yeah. thought they it was going to come this summer. Out? No, we thought it was going to come this summer, and then I was for sure they were going to do it right after the election. And we just elected two new justices, so can they even yeah. do a ruling now? Oh, yeah, they can do it same like lame duck Congress. You can put well, out yeah, a ruling right once now. Once the but... new justices are sworn in, don't they have to re-argue the case in front of them? I don't think so. I don't know. We would have to find that out. But they need to issue the ruling this year when Justice Nelson is still there. Because if it's a ruling without Justice Nelson's name on it, it's going to be like, what was the point? Because he's the only one that really paid attention at the hearing anyways. <laughs> so I guess my point... Oh, I'm sorry for all the other Supreme Court justices. Oh, you all f- paid attention and did a really good job too. I'm just saying, like, everybody is expecting Nelson to have a strong opinion on this. So uh, okay. they need to release something by the end of the year. But I'll have to check in with my ACLU colleagues and see what they're saying. Because it was supposed to come out this summer, and then we thought for sure pre-election, post-election. But if they don't do it in this calendar year, that's ridiculous. So... I don't know. Maybe they're waiting and then going to drop it on the legislature at the last minute or something. Oh, that would be fun to drop it on the legislature. Well, if they rule in favor of the ACLU, then everything has to be implemented by the state legislature. But I think that it could also be appealed to the Ninth Circuit. So who knows what will actually happen. But I hope that comes out soon. It would be nice to know one way or the other. Mm, It would be. What else? That's it. I'm tired. It's Friday night. I've been talking all week. It is Friday night. All right. So um, should we tell them about what our plan is moving forward? Uh, I, I would if we knew what it was. <laughs> well, we thing, are going to change the date. Things might be a little sporadic for the next few weeks over the holidays, but um, come legislative session, we've decided to do Monday evenings. Yes. Um, and I did, so when I did do some checking. I haven't, I haven't done... Um, when will I post it? Later Monday evenings. Okay. But what we will do is we will do them live. Because we can. What does that mean, live? It means that anybody will be able to, on the internet, tune in to listen to it. Hmm. We'll do it as if it's a live radio show. 
Okay. But I'm then w- hopefully people won't be calling you or Carl won't need his car moved or whatever. <laughs> ah, if they do, it happens. Right. You know, the live radio. It'll I'll be just fun. I'll just sing. That'll be fun. Do it'll you know any like, show tunes? No, but I'll come up with some. <laughs> So um, between now and Christmas, we'll have the She's occasional show some, when we can fit it in. Sailor suit <laughs> yeah. songs, it'll be great. But come the first of the year, we'll start doing Monday evenings. Yes, and um, we will keep you informed as much as we can on what's going on. There may be a couple of days when I'm not available right at the beginning of the year, right? Um, simply because it's my 40th birthday on January Yay. 8th, and I think I'm going to be in Vegas. <laughs> Yay! So um, I have to. Well, drive yeah, my niece I mean, out we'll always Portland, have a schedule but... here and there where we can't do it right on time, but right. we're changing things up. But we are committed to trying to do the show through the session, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and it'll be fun, and plus it'll give us a chance to really, really talk about some of the issues that are driving us crazy. Right, exactly. So you'll have your guests on for politics, tick boom, and then we'll just slaughter whatever they say on the show. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll come and vent once a week on this podcast all the things I have to deal with at the Capitol. Okay. It'll be fun. It will be fun. All right. On that note, anything else? Good night. Good night.